I'm Dan Carell, CEO of the Digital Commerce Alliance, and this is Commerce Code, a bi-weekly digital commerce podcast for leaders in card linking, loyalty and digital marketing, mobile wallets and payments, and financial data. Thanks for joining this running conversation with leaders in the industry. And if you like this podcast, come join us at a Digital Commerce Alliance event. You can learn more at www.digcomall.org. This week, I'm talking with Jeff Mankoff from vPromos. vPromos has developed a technology that immediately captures and credits card-linked offers at the point of sale, which is a significant departure from how card-linked offers are typically administered. Jeff is the founder and CEO of vPromos, and today we're talking about current challenges with the CLO ecosystem and its business models. Uh, Jeff calls one of those problems catch and release, as in we've caught the customer, but then sometimes we release them again. And we're talking about process and technology simplification as a potential disruptor in card-linked offers and in fintech more broadly. Jeff's got a lot of experience in this space, and it's an interesting conversation today that doesn't just touch on what's exciting about new innovations, but we dig into some of the challenges that everyone faces in the fintech ecosystem. So stay tuned for Simplifying Card-Linked Offers at the Register, a conversation with Jeff Mankoff of vPromos. This episode of Commerce Code is brought to you by Augio, a global leader in engagement platform technologies that create compelling experiences, foster people connections, and cultivate brand advocates worldwide. With more than 45 years of experience, Augio empowers Fortune 500 companies to deliver extraordinary brand experiences for employees, consumers, channel partners, subscribers, and members. Fueled by a holistic engagement ecosystem across workplace engagement, experiential, social activation, customer loyalty, and digital asset experiences, Agio's mission is inspiring people to achieve more, one interaction, transaction, and experience at a time. Agio, engagement unleashed. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us on Commerce Code. Where are you joining us from today? Dan, I'm, I'm joining you from Dallas, Texas, the home of the uh, World Series champion, Texas Rangers. It's been a while, Jeff, but you are, I'd say, one of the founding fathers of Commerce Code. We're on episode like 168 or something right now, and you are on episode 18. And so we've, we've got some stuff to catch up on. I'm going to dive right into kind of some substance. And I've seen some frank assessments uh, of the Cardling Doffers business in the last year or so. And I think the most provocative article, or at least the most provocative title, is out there on the interwebs. It's kind of a blog thing called Card Linked Offers RN Expletive Deleted Business. And I won't get into the entire thesis in detail, but basically the author is saying like Card Linked Offer ecosystem is complicated and it's got a ton of potential, but after however many years of existence, it's still kind of not there yet. And in that person's view, there needs to be some pretty major changes for it to work. Without getting into the diagnosis there, and that article doesn't really even articulate a solution, but but does a nice job of laying out what they think the problems are. You know, at vPromos, you've got kind of a very different thesis, you know, than the conventional one about how the card linked offers market can work better, I think. And so would love to get your angle on, you know, what's your view about that market and how it can be better? So the way the ecosystem works today, it was designed for the technology that existed back in the 1990s and 2000s. You know, let's look at the problem first. The problem first that that, that they're trying to solve is how can we do a pay for performance card linked offer model? And it was really designed from the bank's perspective. It's a bank centric perspective because 
if you're going to do card linked offers, the hardest thing to do is to get the customer to provide the credit card number. You know, how do you get them to enter that credit card number? Well, the banks already have the credit card numbers. And that's why the system started out from, from that perspective that, all right, we have 10 million uh, credit cards on file. Maybe there's a way that we can do card linked offers this way and and just flip a switch and give them to all of our customer base, the bank's customer base. And then we become a publisher. The banks become a publisher. And so that's the ecosystem that we have today. And, and then the, the banks go out there or or the cardlytics of the world or the middleman go out and sign up the merchants for these card linked offers. And the merchants, you know, many of them sign up. But what happens is it turns into a very expensive acquisition model for the merchant. And I would even suggest it's not even an acquisition model for the merchant. It's, it's a more of a catch and release model. You know, the, the way it works today is the consumer will get that card linked offer from the bank. They'll go to the merchant. They'll pay. Nothing happens at, at the store. They simply pay and they get the receipt and the receipt shows that they paid 100%. But later they might get an email back that they, they've got some sort of cash back coming in. And so that's that's the ecosystem. But the merchant's not even acquiring the customer at that time. They don't know who the customer is at the brick and mortar store. And this is really and car linked offers are designed for the brick and mortar space. And so what's the benefit for the merchant in this model? And so when I started looking at this 10, 15 years ago and getting into the space, I, I looked at it from the merchant's perspective. If you're a merchant, what do you want? And the, what you want to do is you want to acquire the customer. You want to know who the customer is. And the best way to do that would be to be able to easily enroll the customer at that merchant's location. And the only way to do that would be with the payment terminal. And we designed a system that was focused on the payment terminal and allows the, the customer when they pay with that credit card to become enrolled. Because when they pay with that credit card, the token of the card can go up to a third party company like V Promos and they can make a determination as to whether or not that customer's in that merchant's loyalty program. And if they're not in that merchant's loyalty program, then, then a message can be sent back to the, to the payment terminal asking that customer, hey, do you want to join this merchant's loyalty program? Nobody's got to ask, hey, are you on our loyalty program? The system can automatically track that with this solution. And it's seeing the same card, right, to be clear. And, and if that's the case, and I think, you know, in theory, you say, oh, well, people have different credit cards, except for, you know, people are pretty, you know, there's a lot of data on this. Like, people are pretty consistent about using the same sorts of cards for the same sorts of things. So I got to believe that the vast majority of the time people come back and use the same card at the same place they did last time. That's absolutely right. And even if they don't do that, the system would allow that person to pay with another credit card. It wouldn't recognize that credit card. So then that person would go through the enrollment system again put the same mobile phone number in, and then those two credit cards would be linked together. So it's really, that's really not, not a problem. But the main point here is that if you're a merchant, you shouldn't start with acquisition. The place that you should be starting with is to enroll your own customers, is to know your own customers, focus on your own customers. And if you know who your customers are, presumably you should be able to engage with your customers. You should be able to say, hey, customer, come on back. I mean, that's, that's another piece of the puzzle that why we're focused on the payment terminal is because the payment terminal can allow that customer to enroll at the point of sale, provide a mobile phone number, as well as agree to the terms and conditions of the Telephone Communication Protection Act that in turn allows that merchant to deliver mobile marketing messages to that to that customer. There's there's a lot of reasons why the payment terminal should be the the central hub of the, of this entire uh, card linking uh, system. 
Well, you know, back on the phone number thing, too, I think it's kind of an important point in your answer to my my question. I hadn't thought about this that much, but the phone number, the mobile phone number is sort of like the ultimate identifier. You got the card numbers, but they're going to they're going to collapse into a single account. Right. For me, for my phone number. And that's going to know that it's me. So actually, I could have like, you know, theoretically a bunch of different cards that are all under the same thing. And that kind of solves another just problem in the world generally. Right. Which is that, you know, you got a bunch of different versions of, in my case, Dan Carell, whereas and this thing, if I understand it correctly, if I recall correctly, it doesn't it doesn't care that I'm Dan Carell, right? But it knows the phone number and it knows that it's got the consent under the TCPA. So it's all good and it's good to go. That's right. I mean, loyalty is a manual. What that means is every time you go to a merchant, they're always asking you for an identifier. And that identifier, 99% of the time, is going to be a mobile phone number. The problem is, is that no one has figured out, except for vPromos, how to capture that mobile phone number and get the prior written consent necessary for the Telephone Communication Protection Act so that that merchant can in turn, every time that that person shops, send them a thank you for shopping here. You just heard this many points and send it via text. They can send a reminder text messages to come in. They can uh, keep that that customer updated as to how many points they have. It opens up the world uh, to the merchant to be able to engage with their own customers if you can get that prior written consent. But if you're going to get that prior written consent, you need to link it to a, a payment card. And if you do that, then you don't have to ask every time. So this is a very important piece of, of why these payment terminals are so important. We actually don't call them payment terminals at our company. We call them loyalty engagement devices. It seems like the experience at the terminal or at the register, if you will, is more immediate, you know, to your earlier description of, you know, you pay in the conventional model, you pay full price as far as you know, and then you find out, you know, you, you may remember, you may have known all this kind of stuff. So it dep- this is, the, this is the mystery that we can't solve right on, on it. And after the fact, maybe you find out that there was cash back or whatever. And so in this, it's able to be more immediate. One of my theories about how we tend to get things wrong in general, I mean, in, in commerce and other areas, is we assume that other people are paying as much attention as we are to something that we care about. And so I think the question mark over a lot of marketing is how much attention is a typical, your target customer paying to any given thing? And I think my, my view is you should assume the answer is not much. But if I'm standing at a terminal and you're able to remind me, you know, if I'm able to be reminded of everything that's sort of going on there in instantly, like in that moment, that's going to be a much more workable thing than if I said there's sort of this lag, because I think a lot of people, you know, everybody's focused on the uh, on the moment and they're not necessarily paying attention to like, oh, I have this offer or oh, this is going to come through in my next statement credit or whatever. So let's talk about, you know, the more problems with regards to the card link offer ecosystem today. And that's that they have to have a cashback model because it's powered through the the associations, the MasterCards, the role of the Visa they, they don't have vision down to the, to the payment terminal. So the only way they can do this is come up with some sort of marketing term called cash back and say, hey, you know, this is a great thing. Don't you want to have cash back? But if you're a consumer and, and you get a $5 coupon or card linked offer, it's going to be more impactful for you to be able to go to that merchant, pay with that credit card and see that $5 come off right at the point of sale in real time. And, and it's beneficial to the merchant as well. Because if the $5 goes back to a cashback model, to a FIG model in the Rakuten wallet, then that loyalty is to the publisher, not to the merchant. And so if, if you're the merchant, you, you want that $5 to come off right at the point of sale. If you're the consumer, you want that $5 to come off right at the point of sale. The only way you can do that is if you integrate the solution into the payment terminal. And so 
the model, you know, step one for the merchant would be, okay, I want to acquire my own customers. And the reason I want to acquire my own customers and loyalty is as much less expensive than going out there and pursuing the acquisition model, card linked offer model out there, which can be very expensive. I mean, you're going to have to pay 5% to 10% to the customer for the offer. Then you're going to have to pay another 5 to 10% to the publisher. So you're looking at, you know, 15 to 20% to acquire that customer. And you're not really acquiring that customer. That customer's then being released because you don't you don't have a means to capture them. So you start with the the loyalty piece of the with these payment terminals where and the only way that the merchant can enroll their, their own customers with this card linking model is with these payment terminals. The other very important piece is that when the customer earns their five dollar reward for loyalty and they pay with that credit card, they can get that discount right off the at, at the point of sale. And the same holds true for card-linked offers. So there's, there's a card-linked offer from Rakuten or where, wherever, and we're, t- we're looking into the future now because this doesn't exist. If you have this new model where you have the payment terminals at the merchant that have this technology, then when they come and pay with that card-linked offer virtually linked to the credit card, they're going to be able to get that discount at the point of sale. And that's going to be a major advance for the card-linked offer world and for the merchants. Commerce Code is brought to you in part by Vantage Score. Nine of the top 10 banks and over 3,000 leading banks and fintechs use Vantage Score to predict and manage repayment risk. Learn more about the latest advances in credit scoring and how to grow your lending business by leveraging financial inclusion at VantageScore.com. So let's, I want to talk about the terminals because I, it's been a thing that was puzzling to me for a long time, and, and I should know more about this than I do, but I'm about to learn a little more. I have said probably on this before, born in Canada, I sometimes describe myself as secretly Canadian. And so I go back a lot, at least you know once or twice a year at least. And you know it's been a, for a long time, you've had these handheld wireless terminals, um, especially in restaurants that would come to the table. And, you know, and that's been going on in Europe too, although I'm just more familiar with, with it happening in Canada. And it just didn't, it just didn't happen in the United States for the longest time. And, and the technology that seemed to be there was just, it was identical. It was kind of like, you know, for, I don't know, 30 years or whatever, the, the interior of, I used to, we used to always have Chevrolet cars in our family. And it's like, I, I don't think the signal flipper, you know, changed for like, I don't know, 40 years across the back half of the 20th century. So like the swiper terminals far as I could tell, it really hadn't changed for an incredibly long time. And then now you've just seen this kind of explosion of different providers, vendors, hardware. And I think that's what you're talking about. What's the thing driving all of that all of a sudden? Because before we didn't have it. And what can that stuff do? You've sort of alluded to it, but what can it do that it just couldn't do before? Because before it was just, there was nothing there. It was just a swiper thing. Well, before you had... When we got involved with this, we were working with the Verifone 570 terminals. I believe they were Linux-based. I may be mistaken. Devices that uh, faced the counter person. They were black and white. They had a key keypad, a numeric keypad on them. As I said, they faced the counter person, not the customer. Also, they were oftentimes plugged in via a, a modem. When we got started, uh, we were talking about modems 10, 12 years ago. And so... The advances are the technology has advanced drastically such that these devices are now they're connected via Wi-Fi that is much more advanced than it was even 10 years ago. The Internet infrastructure throughout the United States is much more advanced. I mean, we, we, I recall 10 years ago when certain merchants couldn't get the Internet that they needed. Android is a major factor. Most, if not all of these new terminals have the Android software in, in them. 
making it much easier for third-party applications to be designed and added to these devices. All of these devices are now color and they're touchscreen. And they basically, the most important thing is they've been turned around and they now face the customer. So when we started out with the, the Verifone 570 terminal, and about the time when the Telephone Communication Protection Act came out, uh, we couldn't get that prior written consent from the customer on these terminals because they faced the counterperson. So it was impossible to deliver the, the mobile marketing messages. It was impossible to engage with, with the customers at the time. These are the, the major advances that have taken place. And that's why this is the time when terminal integrated card linking is going to, I, I believe, take off. People talk about what's important and they do what's easy. And you know everything you've just described, I knew that these things had gone to an Android base, but I, it, just, it took until a minute ago for me to realize how powerful that is in terms of having a common programming environment, the ability to build apps and, and everything. And so, you know, that that's critical. And, and obviously it makes it very you know easy for consumers to do it. So then maybe last stream here of this, this conversation from the merchant's perspective, I mean, that I, as I just said, as you've just said, like all this kind of makes it easier for the consumer to do all the things we want them to do which I think is is the key. From the merchant perspective, like what's involved in doing this? Is it something that's as simple as, well, now that you've got, you know, these point of sale terminals that are Android based, they're app based, it's just, it, it, it doesn't necessarily involve a lot for them to do it. Is it sort of easy or what's involved for them to be able to like make this happen? Well, you got different types of merchants. If you've got, if you're talking about a small to medium sized merchant, the software, you know, what is going to happen is the acquirers and, and the ISOs will will be reselling the, the payment terminals, and the payment terminals will come with the software already on it. And all they're going to have to do is talk to their their ISO agent or bank and, and flip a switch to turn this loyalty solution on, so that it will automatically work because it's embedded in the payment terminal. Uh, more complexity takes place when you when you integrate it with the point of sale because you're going to want to balance the books, et cetera, and then show that the, the coupon has been taken off. API, simple APIs can assist with the integration between the payment terminals and the, and the point of sale. When you're talking about a, a larger a tier one, tier two organization, whenever they switch over to a new payment terminal solution, Certainly, it's going to be a much more involved solution. But the point is, is that, yes, it's going to take more time to integrate with a larger organization, but it was going to take a larger organization more time anyway to adopt those new payment terminals into their system. But they do it every you know three years, so it's going to happen. I mean, three, three to five years when these uh, tier ones and tier twos will start replacing their legacy devices with the new payment terminals that are Android powered. So the technology is much simplified for the smaller organizations. But as I said, large organizations already have their complexity no matter what. But this is not going to add that much complexity, if at all. Everything you just described, though, it's got to be a much easier flip to this approach than it would have been, I don't know, even a few years ago. And I, uh, you know, right, because of the, the software and everything, I'm assuming that some of the move towards the more advanced payment terminals is maybe driven by you know underlying privacy or technology needs or whatever. Like at some point, I assume the the data security or or, or those kinds of things just aren't adequate on a really old system. Well, I mean, I think that that is part of the the puzzle. But I you know look at it from the, the decision makers. I mean, we've looked at this and we've talked to to marketing departments and, and technology departments. The interesting thing now is that because these devices face the customer, this impacts the marketing department. 
And when payment terminals face the marketing department, marketing departments need to start taking control of the acquisition and purchase of these payment terminals because, you know, look at the opportunity to enhance their loyalty systems, enhance their, their loyalty solutions with regards to acquisition and enrollment of customers. And for a, a merchant to have a, a customer's email is a great thing to have, but to have a customer's email linked with a mobile phone number is is exponentially better for that marketer, for this chief marketing officer. That's a big shift. And I, I suppose probably since the, the dawn of payment terminals, uh, salespeople have been out there trying to pitch them as a competitive advantage to merchants, you know, from the beginning, but it was probably a bit of a tougher sell. I mean, now that makes total sense, right? Like you, like the customer experience is just better and what you can do with it is, I mean, I think it's better and what you can do with it as a merchant is better. And so for real, it's a competitive advantage. You need, you need to get on this new stuff. If you're a merchant and you have brick and mortar stores, don't you want to know and, and recognize every one of your customers? Today, you know, that's not the case. I mean, today you go to the store and they ask you every time, are you in our loyalty program? If they have a loyalty program. And the problem there is that the counterpersons probably don't even ask that question. We we did a secret shopper experiment and found that we're with the manual loyalty program where the counterperson was required to ask, or, you know, are you in our loyalty program? The counterperson would only ask 8% of the time. So that's just not working. Manual just doesn't work because you have the training issue. You have shy counterpersons. The future is going to be, you have to automate this. And the, the way to automate this is with these with the payment terminal and, and, and with software that automates the enrollment and capture and recognition of, of the merchant's own customers. And so if you don't have that, then you're going to be behind the eight ball. Yeah. I mean, and there's, there's automated checkout and I don't, I don't know what the future of that is. I haven't, I haven't taken a hard look at that lately, but you know, you've got a lot of instances where there isn't a human standing there, or at least not one per thing. Last thought though, Jeff, what do you think of this? You know, Taylor Swift's selling a lot of vinyl. You know, at some point people get sick of the new stuff and they're like, I want to go back. So do you think there's a counter investment? Like, should I invest in, you know, the triplicate, like the carbon copy stuff, remember? And there's a very satisfying swipey move that I haven't had that happen for, you know, taxis were the last holdouts that did the little swipey thing. There was something kind of tactile about it that was kind of nice. Do you think the kids are going to go back and want to do that in the future? Is that a thing? I think it might not happen, but, but someone out there, kind of like people who have collections of blackberries, someone out there probably collects those little like card swiper deals with the carbon copies. I've, I've got a display of old Palm Pilots. Yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah. There was a, a Rex. Do you remember the Rex device, which was like a credit card type device that had a display on it that would interface and connect with your ACT personal information manager. And so I, even before mobile phones came out, I, I had in my wallet one of these Rex devices with all my contacts and uh, calendar items and Love that stuff. And I think it's an important piece of the puzzle with regards to to why we're here today with, with the, the card linking, because people want to simplify their life and make things easy. And personal information managers made things easy. And I think card linked offers that can be redeemed at, at the point of sale or make things easy for, for everybody and are the right way to go for merchants and consumers. And I think uh, people want easy. You know, as cool as Palm Pilots were, Blackberries, whatever, there's always a next thing and there's always a reason for the next thing. And, uh, you know, you're working on the next thing, Jeff, which is awesome. Good to have some innovators out there. Good to talk to you about this and look forward to seeing uh, what's next with vPromos. Thank you, Dan. Commerce Code is sponsored by Pentadata, the all-in-one financial data API. Whether it is bank account data, 
credit card transaction data, or credit reports and credit scores, Pentadata has it all in one simple and easy-to-use API. With coverage of over 6,000 banks, over 200 million credit files, and 60 million merchants, you can get all the data you need for your apps at pentadatainc.com. Commerce Code is a bi-weekly podcast bringing you conversations with executives who are leading the way in digital commerce. If you like Commerce Code, your company should join the Digital Commerce Alliance and become part of our mission of advancing trade for good through standard setting, industry networking, conferences, and best practice sharing. Check out our website at www.digcomall.org. On behalf of DCA, have a great week.